0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, feel free to email me at josh at MyFirstSketch.com. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. You can like the podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. And it'd be really cool if you rate it five stars and leave a review on whatever platform you choose. I'm so excited to tell you, if you didn't already know, that Philly Sketchfest is returning for three nights of sketch comedy here in Philly on... October 21st through the 23rd. Friday the 21st, we will be at the Playground at the Adrian with three shows. Saturday the 22nd, we'll be at Plays and Players, the Skinner Studio, for three more shows. And then we'll be streaming our digital film festival on Sunday the 23rd. All the info, including tickets and bios for all of the live acts that are coming, can be found at the update at phillysketchfest.com. Today's guest on the podcast is one of the people coming to Philly Sketch Fest. How convenient, Amanda Zeller. Amanda is based in New York City, and she will be performing on Friday, October twenty-first in the seven PM block, along with "Crying Alone in the Shower." Amanda's first sketch is called "Sisters in the Bathroom." Amanda reads the role of Lavender. I read the role of Margot, and give you all the visual information that you need to know. All right, so let's get to the sketch. Lavender and Margot are sisters. Margot has locked herself in the bathroom. She sits atop the toilet, carefully polishing her nails. She lingers on each nail as she paints it, taking off the polish, reapplying to make sure it's pretty. She blows on the nails occasionally. There's a jiggle of the door handle and the knock.
1: Margot, are you almost done in there? I need to use the bathroom.
0: Margot? Another knock, a jiggle of the handle. Yeah, I'm in here.
1: Are you almost done? I have to go to the bathroom.
0: Well, I'm in here, so you're going to have to
1: wait. You've been in there for almost 20 minutes, Margot. You really should give someone else a turn. And by someone else, I mean me, your sister, Lavender. You should give Lavender a turn.
0: Sound of stomach bubbling. Eat and another jiggle of the handle.
1: Please? Another knock. Oh, please hurry up, Margot. Whatever mom made for dinner isn't sitting well with me. Please, 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 please please let me use the bathroom.
0: Persistent jiggling of the handle.
1: Margot!
0: Sorry, occupied. Angry pounding on the door, Lavender gets on her hands and knees, yelling underneath the door to Margot. She gets up and continues to try to get out the bathroom door, try to get the bathroom door open.
1: Is this because I borrowed your yellow dress and stained it last week? Or because I forgot to fill the car up with gas, then you got stuck? Margot! Margot! No. Then why won't you let me in? Margot!
0: More banging on the door, more sounds of lavender, stomach bubbling and gurgling.
1: Is this because I ate that cake you made special for Mom? Or because I pretended to be you, so Jean-Luc would ask me out instead of you?
0: No. lavender stomach continues to gurgle. Sound of farts.
1: Margot let me in! Margot! I swear! Oh my god, for fuck's sake, you fucking son of a bitch, let me use the goddamn bathroom! There's one fucking bathroom, and I swear to god, if you don't let me in right now, I'm gonna shit all over the floor, and I only pray to god that you slip and fall in it when you get out of the bathroom. Oh my god, let me in! Marco! i took all the baby teeth of yours that mom saved and baked them into those breakfast bars you love or because i replaced your english midterm essay with pictures of captain crunch on vacation or because i routinely hide in your closet and whisper to you in the middle of the night about how i'm going to sew your butthole closed one day
0: no silence persistent jiggling of the handle silence stomach bubbling and a beat
1: margot What is it? Are you painting your nails?
0: Occupied!
1: Margot! Ah, I hate you! You fucking bitch! Uh oh!
0: Stomach bubbling, the sound of shit splashing onto the floor, and a beat.
1: Margot, please let me in the bathroom. I shat. I shat all over the floor. I need to clean myself. Margot? Margot? Margot.
0: Margot gets up from the toilet and takes the care and freshener and sprays it around the door and the bathroom. Margot puts the can back and returns to painting her nails.
1: Is this because I came out of the womb first and kicked you in the face as I was pulled out? The end. My name is Samantha Russell. I'm a sketch comedian, and I have a prop and costume hoarding problem. So I figured the best way to get it under control is to start a podcast. On Should I Keep This? I chat with other comedians about their experiences in comedy and our insane prop and costume collections. And on each episode, we both bring a beloved item to discuss whether it's a treasure or just trash. Sometimes it turns out no matter how much money or time we spent on a prop, the only thing we should be holding on to are the memories we've made along the way. So check out Should I Keep This? We have new episodes every two weeks, available anywhere you get your podcasts.
0: Are you a fan of sketch comedy like Monty Python, Key and & Peele, and Saturday Night Live? Have you ever wondered why their sketches are funny? Or maybe why that certain sketch didn't make you laugh? On the comedy podcast Sketch Nerds, we aim to answer those questions while having fun talking about the history and craft of sketch comedy. Every episode features a guest to help us break down our favorite sketches, as well as those submitted by listeners like you. So come nerd out with us and listen to Sketch Nerds at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketch nerds. Hey, Amanda.
1: Hi. How are you, Josh?
0: All right. um, So tell me about the sketch. Tell me where this idea comes from.
1: Yeah. So I wrote this uh, maybe a decade ago and i i laugh at this <laughs> um first of all i was laughing because i wrote this in word um and this was before i had <laughs> any of the correct formatting software for writing sketch did, it, did
0: you reformat format into something else because it looks good
1: nope this is still word baby it, yeah i mean it looks
0: <laughs> fine by me i'm okay with it
1: I i've this. seen
0: i've I've seen worse, <laughs> I've seen <laughs> like...
1: worse too. um It was, I was on a team, I wrote this for a team, and I remember uh, there was a teammate of mine, uh, loved her, great writer, and she used to get on my ass that I used Word, and even (laughs) though I was so proud, I was like, but it looks like (laughs) one of the formatting (laughs) software. it's still not completely correct. Right,
0: (laughs) there's a part of me that does, uh, that is a bit of a, a formatting snob, like, but then I've created my own like formatting like tricks and trades like Mm -hmm. so i i can't as long as i can read it and like (laughs) the the worst one i had was uh uh, a really good dude here in philly i think he now he lives in uh, chicago now like pursuing comedy he brought his first sketch in and it was like 14 pages long
2: yeah but it was
0: all like like quadruple spaced so, like, I couldn't tell where the character meets, like, what character was saying what thing. And I was just like, all right, dude, we got to, like, go through this and, like, circle, like, which, who's saying what, like.
1: Isn't that great? That's, that's the worst <laughs> I've ever seen. Thing, but it's so great being like, look at where I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and the other, as, we read, as we read the sketch, um, the only thing I can think of, well, the first thing I can think of was, like, uh that Kevin Allison of the state would love it.
1: Oh. (laughs) Mm Because
0: I took a class with him, and we learned in that eight to ten weeks or whatever it was, that he loves poop jokes.
1: I am always, I will always advocate uh, (laughs) for poo humor. I love it. I (laughs) always love it. Um, And I love making a mess, so I was like laughing at this because this was the first thing that I ever staged as well. I wasn't in it. I just wrote for two people. Um, and I love, I love really evil people a lot. Mm. I, I just love, I love them. Uh, they're so it's, it's like the, and the playing evil people like the freedom with that and performance and also yeah. um, be taking the stage in a way where it's like laugh at this horrible person I love I love it so much and I love twisting it too so rereading this I I I have not looked at this I think, <laughs> <it> went up <laughs> but just seeing like oh look at me like we don't get to the game right away but like look at me like setting it up and you think Margot's the bad person for being cruel to his her sister but really it's like revenge because yeah. her twin sister is actually the real jerk in this relationship um like
0: so 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 how we read it i and i don't know if if this is in your performance of reading it for the first time in in 10 years or whatever but there's is there a specific reason for lavender and margot because i don't know if, if you picked up on it but like i felt like a specific accent that you were putting on those two names
1: No. I just liked weird, not weird names, but I don't know. Because how
0: was... you were saying Margot was enough to make me laugh. Like, I was like, "Is this on purpose?" Like, because <laughs> <laughs> like, even no. at the beginning, like you said lavender, and like, I don't, I don't know, like how like you know, ling- like linguists would like put the accent in lavender. But you did it differently than I would have like when than I probably were, was doing like you were doing lavender like it was, and I was like, ah, oh, even the names are funny in this like it's so good. I love it. Uh, it's such a fun sketch. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank um,
0: so how, okay, so you said this was stage. you didn't, you didn't perform in it. No. So how was it on stage?
1: I think it it did well. I think I honestly don't remember. I was so nervous. I was like in the wings watching it, just so nervous for. I even
0: mean like like the two characters. Like, is is uh lavender behind the door or?
1: Oh no, it's just Margot. Yeah, it's it's um Margot alone on stage. Okay. And, um and then we, it went up at the magnet. There's a door on stage at okay. the back. Uh, so Margot was or the actress playing Margot was behind that door okay
0: okay because um, I, I, w- I was trying to picture it like you know doing it like that with someone off stage behind the door yes or having you know because some theaters have that like movable door to create the space between the two so yeah. I was like I picturing it like two by two like you know one on one side one on the other yes and I mean it's gonna work both ways like that I think
1: be cool to see that.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I think if you had them both on the stage at the same time, you know, you you can play with that messiness at the end yeah, of it, like
1: it's, it's some sort of split screen. Like even if we did, right, it
0: exactly. Up. But yeah, it's a fun sketch. Like if this is if, if this is an actual first sketch, like people should be jealous. This is good. I, I enjoy oh, it. Oh, you flatter <laughs> me. <laughs> no, go through the hundred and something episodes of this. There's some real garbage. So. <laughs>
1: I want to know who has the best one. They're like right out the gate. Cause that person, I bet, and I'm a horrible person for saying this. I would bet it's a huge liar.
0: Oh, uh, got
1: their first sketch and they retooled it. Well,
0: yeah. It. I, I've <laughs> learned that people aren't like the digital pack rats that I am, where I have every document ever. So I'm just like, just, just something early. Like,
1: yeah, I, I was looking for it. I was trying to find the first sketch I ever, ever wrote. Um and I couldn't find it. I wanted to bring it in, um, but I don't have the the file anymore. But I still have like this the files for like all oh, my my first ensemble and the first time I started putting stuff up. So
0: Okay, so all right, so why did we write this? Well well, so you mentioned this was a perform. So I'm assuming you are are you in a group? Is this a class show? Like where does this come from?
1: This was a team I was a part of a long time ago. Um it was a house team at the magnet called Baby Shoes. Um I um got added to this team. Uh <laughs> this is not true, but in my head, this is what happened. My in my head I snuck onto this team. I was in class. <laughs> they had just had auditions and packets. Like you could apply to be a part of the the house team system there. Um I did not ha- uh, meet the qualifications yet to apply. So I did oh. um you had to graduate from the levels of sketch I was about to enter the last level um and our teacher was my teacher was the person who had cast all the teams and we're maybe like a quarter or halfway through with class and she was the class ended and she had expressed some um to his Upset because the teams, like a couple of people, like dropped off or like they had too many conflicts and couldn't do it anymore. And she was like, Oh goodness, what am I going to do? I have to find a couple more writers. And on my way out the door, I said, Well, if you're still looking for like another writer or uh, like a woman writer to add to a team, like I'd be interested. And then I was really young and I was so embarrassed that I had like asked for something that I just left. I like ran out of the class right after the third <laughs> and like ran home. And that night I got an email asking if I would join this team. Um, I was like, absolutely 100%. Uh, so I was super nervous. I bring a new work. It was my first time, like working with people and getting like group feedback in a team setting where we're geared towards putting on, you know, 30 minute live shows every month. Um, and I really wanted to set up my teammates for success. I wrote this for, uh, the two other actresses on my team, um, and it was just, I was very nervous. <laughs>
0: so so I, I'm being a little rude here because I'm actually looking up like within the Philly Sketchfest archives and Baby Shoes performed at Philly Sketchfest in mm-hmm. 2014. It looks like. Ah,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I forget which one we did. We did one when it was in an art gallery.
0: Mm,
2: okay.
1: And I can't remember if we had done one before then as well. I know I've performed at, Fit, um, and I've performed at um another venue um that was it was like a wooden elevated wooden stage. um oh, I forget where it was. It was away it was a not it was not fit. It was a different location. but I remember, yeah, I performed at the art gallery on the fit stage, and then also uh, another theater venue,
0: oh, 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 I think you were at the Ruba Club,
1: yes, that was it
0: in on when we did the upstairs
1: yes
0: and then the next year we didn't like the upstairs so we went downstairs yeah i think that might have been the night i saw you because i think i was working downstairs as like you know checking people in and everything anyway um okay so so let's talk about like let's go all the way back to the beginning. what were you into growing up like what what made you laugh like what was your like comedy fandom
1: sure um i uh loved um i love big comedians big physicality, big emotion, rawness. I love all of that. I still do. A lot of my comedy still leans that way. Um, comedians I loved growing up. I uh, love Gilda Radner so much. Chris Farley, Jim Carrey. I loved Jerry Lewis, loved Eddie Murphy, um, loved Adam Sandler, loved anyone that had um, this, like earnestness about them almost like this childlike essence or like this childlike
2: mm.
1: play that they would bring to their work. To me, that's as a comedian to me, that's extraordinarily like attractive just because it's like it's tapping into that inner child, it's tapping into that clown. Um, and this like wide-eyed like excitement of like I'm gonna go for it fearless. Mm. Um so for me, that's always what I've I've just ad- admired. Um, I love people who are extraordinarily expressive, um extraordinarily physical and then the older I've gotten um I've liked um people who play more like monsters like I love Will Ferrell, I think Will Ferrell plays great monsters.
0: <laughs> he... <laughs> I don't know if it's happened yet cuz he he does some weird projects that like are just so like below the radar that I don't know that I probably just haven't paid attention to but like I'm waiting for him to play like the serial killer in like a horror movie. Like I'm waiting for that decision to happen. Like
1: yeah, he where he's like, it. Yeah, let's do it. He would knock it out of the park. I also think it's so interesting. Like I was looking at older movies, um, like during COVID. Um, and so many of like older movies, the villains would be like the best comedians at that time, or like these vaudeville stars, um, that could play mm. um more eccentric uh 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 um, stabs at this work and then comparing them to like the people who are cast as like the heroes or the ingenues just seeing how limited in my opinion limited like those performances can be and then how big and wonderful these villains are like oh I want Will Ferrell to play like a, a big villain now <laughs> yeah,
0: like, now, that, now that you say it now that we talk about it like I'm all the way on board with it like yeah let's let's figure out something for him and like pitch it to him because yeah, like in those kind of movies, in horror movies, it has to be more fun to play the villain. Mm-hmm. Even like even in like superhero movies and stuff like that, the okay. villain has to be more fun.
1: I would much, in a, I would much rather play a villain. I think in a superhero movie, in a horror movie, I can actually see that going either way. Um i would because it depends on what kind of horror um but i would be so happy to be given like the killer in a horror movie or somebody who gets killed or the hero i think all of those would be super fun to play i don't know also just seeing how more uh layered as we create like more art more film um Mm -hmm. we're creating a lot of these roles to be it's like oh awesome like it's the writing is getting a lot better and people's performances are getting a lot better too.
0: I think I I saw an article recently about like how, and I don't want to totally like stand on the Marvel movies. Like they're good. Like they're good. They do their job. But like, it was something about like how every villain was like justified. Like Mm -hmm. most of their actions, like their, their reason, their cause makes perfect sense. Like it's not necessarily like, you know, where it's just, I'm bad to be bad, like, Thanos thinks the world's overpopulated, so how do you fix that?
1: Sure. Kill half the population.
0: Conf- like,
1: <laughs> I have a confession. I haven't seen a lot of superhero movies.
0: Well, it, it, it's fine, like, but I, I think we Batman are to the point of about it. <laughs> But, like, it, it, we're to the point where, yeah, like, the villains in these in these movies, like, it's not like the Batman villains of the 60s where it's just silly campiness and like they're trying to steal some weird artifact just to have it. Like
1: I I love that.
0: (laughs) I do too. Like like I remember like uh because it was something that was it was for years. Like you know I I had never seen like the Adam West Batman's and then I want to say they start showing up on IFC or something like like early like Saturday mornings Mm -hmm. and I started watching. I was like
1: me
0: too. They're None great. of this makes sense. <laughs> but I love it.
1: <laughs> I absolutely love love the old Batman. Oh, I love it. What fun. So fun. Okay.
0: Like I had seen the movie, the old Batman movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: before I'd seen any of the TV show and I'm just like this is bonkers. Like he's legitimately like carrying a bomb around on his pier.
1: I love it. Like, I
0: it's love it. it's so silly. It's so Um, but yeah villains are fun and I think turning comedy into evil is fun and I think it's interesting now that like you know Dan McBride and his crew started doing the Halloween movies Jordan Peele has basically turned away from comedy to do horror like that intersection of like of which reaction you're going for
1: completely in your Um, writing during COVID I've taken a turn and I've like pretty much exclusively now watch horror which is not it, it, that's just the lane I'm in right now um there's a movie that just came out I loved it I, I think it's actually my favorite movie of 2022 so far um oh and I forget who directed it but it's one of the whitest guys we know whitest guys oh two. really yes it's called barbarian
0: oh I've, I've heard about this
1: oh my god I love this movie so much and I, I heard about it, and it about it
0: and I heard that it's one of those movies that you shouldn't know anything about going into yes. it. Like yes. I, so it's I so have not Oh I haven't touched it and I haven't even like just looked to see where it's playing in Philly because even if it still is but yeah it's on my list for you
1: sure. Have to see it. As a somebody who's like a comedian just as a comedian you have to go see this movie. I'm like one I can't tell you why because it spoils <laughs> the movie. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and I'm like I need to talk to somebody about this movie. <laughs> ah um but see this movie because it's also um oh i think i could talk about this and it's not (laughs) edited out josh um but just in terms of like character and character development and it's it's fantastic and then to play with the audience of like who are you rooting for as well it just is fabulous Mm. and um satire like out the wazoo it's so good um and yeah, and being like, you're very, very scared. And then all of a sudden, like that emotion just completely changes. It's it's wonderful. It truly is wonderful. There's some scenes in it that are like a little bonkers, um, but it's still, it's truly, I, I love it. I love it so much. It's wonderful. <laughs> I haven't bought a movie in a very long time because like, I don't have a means to watch anything. Like I don't have a DVD player, I don't have a VHS player. Um, but like when this comes out, like I'm buying it <laughs> or just like buying it off of, um, like Amazon or whatever, mm. just to have it. You too.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, the stuff that you love, the stuff that you've seen and love totally buy it and like support. Yeah. Or that like, cause streaming is going to suck everything dry. Like yeah. it's, it's going to be yeah. so bad. Um, okay. So we were talking about asking your way and like, kind of like finagling your way into baby shoes yes so what's the process of you like how do you find out about classes at the magnet and start writing taking writing classes
1: how did how did I find out or how did you find out how did you Um, find out I had been doing improv for a very long time um and um the magnet had always offered um some writing classes and at this time they were also trying to build it this was a long time ago um when sneaking onto a team um they had just put out their first sketch house team this was very new up until this point it was just improv you, you went to the theater you went to go see improv you might go see storytelling um and then very late at night at the training center on like friday night at like 11 o'clock they would do some trial runs of like people who had taken the writing classes who wanted to put some of their work up on stage
2: okay.
1: uh, up until that point that's all that it was um and then there was this new night uh it was uh, one night a week dedicated to two teams um where they each would um take uh, uh, do a 25 minute long set. um applications for this happened like once every six months or so um and at the time the program was only two classes long so the first one was just sketch one you take it with armando uh, it was just an overview of all uh, types of comedy writing. So you would write a character sketch, uh, you would write a celebrity parody sketch, um, you would write a sketch that was inspired by like someone you know, or a pet peeve or like taking something that's kind of small and blowing it out. Um, and then it was also an overview of all the late night uh, packets that you, if, if you um, got like an application, or like, oh, like we're accepting, Uh, submissions for like this show you'd be able to write monologue jokes so like we had a a class for monologue jokes we'd have a class on um like desk pieces and then also like uh the character at the desk um like um um oh my gosh I can't think of a single one (laughs) (laughs)
0: like
1: like drunk girl at the party for example or uh, I love drunk girl (laughs) me too oh I love Cecily Strong so um you just take a stab at that Um, And then the the second class was more, it was all sketch focused. So you would bring in two sketches a week um, and get feedback on for eight weeks. Uh, So I was currently in that class when um, that, when I snuck my way onto a team.
0: (laughs) So, okay. And you had done improv before getting to sketch. Like, I'm always fascinated. Like, how do you, like, so what's, what, uh, were you a performance kid growing up? Like, were you always into like, so what, What's the click that goes, like, I'm going to go to improv?
1: I was a class clown. Um, I I always wanted to do theater. Um, I didn't when I was in school. And then I went off to college and I met Evan Barden. Who you oh, okay. Before I went to Fairfield University. Um, I was a freshman. He was a senior. He was the president of the improv uh, club on campus. Um, when, like, the first week, second week, whatever, of school where you go around to sign up for clubs, um I saw that there was improv I've only had known of improv from whose line is it anyway but I was like oh comedy oh performance oh like finally a place to be able to like make jokes with people yeah. <laughs> I'm not in a classroom setting I'm all for that uh so I signed up was extraordinarily nervous didn't like step out from the back line i think ever (laughs) unless we were doing like an armando where you would step forth to do the monologue and i would always step forth to do the monologue because i was so terrified to perform because i didn't want to not be funny that pressure was humongous on me even though i knew i was funny and i knew i could kill that pressure was just like that's interesting crippling yeah
0: that's interesting that you would rather that you would be okay going out by yourself, mm-hmm. and have all the focus on you,
1: and to, but also with the pressure of not being funny, right? It, and that's you, I mean,
0: like still doing that solo versus trying to be funny with a group,
1: completely. And now that's, it's completely changed. Wow! I don't ever want to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> My personal story, I'm like, no, I, yeah, I can't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That's interesting.
1: I mean it all has to do with um um low self-esteem to be completely honest i mean that's really what it was and like
0: we're comedians and right i mean we all know the low self self self-esteem thing for sure like um so you did improv like improv in college i'm assuming you moved to new york and i'm always curious like this is another thing but i'm always curious about with the new yorkers why the magnet versus
1: the ucb the others
0: yeah what, is there is there a reason?
1: Uh, at the time, there was. Um, so I was a I had a strange. Uh, I I was dealing a lot with my own personal life and also just um, a lot of like self discovery as we all have and are all like going through and like a lot of self improvement. Uh, So going back to Evan Barden, um, we, after I signed up to join the improv club, he actually orchestrated a field trip for all of us to go to the city to see improv and look at the theaters. Mm. And we saw a show at Magnet. It was the Little Big Show. I don't think that exists anymore. No, it's the Tiny Spectacular. That's what it was, because the Little Big Show still exists. It's the it was the Tiny Spectacular, so we went to go see that. And we like hung out in the lobby. I got to meet the people who worked there at the time. I saw the show, and then we uh, went across the street and a couple of blocks further down to go see, I think, Sleepover at UCB. And UCB felt real legit. Uh, the, we had to wait on a very long line outside of the theater. This was back when it was the venue in Chelsea under Christidis. Mm. Um, we went down the stairs, it was, the thrust theater with seating on three sides i was stage left sitting watching the show packed packed space and that was just really intimidating to me
0: Interesting. Um, okay it
1: was intimidating it felt out of my league um and i also didn't like my seat <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that is a, a problem with that thrust yeah uh yeah because i yeah. think the I think the one time I I was at that UCB under Grissette's, I also was on the side, and it, it it definitely changes your experience for sure.
1: It does, and it's so funny because the older I got, the more I appreciated it, and the more I went back to sitting stage left.
0: And and it's funny the, the theater that you're performing at for Philly Sketch Fest is is, is thrust. Right? Yeah. Oh hell
1: yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited! Oh, I'm so excited!
0: <laughs> so you feel that like. Magnet was maybe more manageable.
1: It was more manageable. The people were really nice to me. That goes a long way. Like that'll always go a nice way. Like it'll go a long way for me. Um, and I enjoyed the show. Like I felt a little disconnected watching the sleepover show. I'm not sure if it was because it's my uh first time like watching improv Mm. and maybe like I didn't grasp onto the structure or the form that they were performing. Um, but and I don't even remember like what the content of like Tiny Spectacular was, but I remember really enjoying Tiny Spectacular more than that Sleepover show also at UCB. So it was just like on a side to side comparison. I was like, oh, like I had a good seat at the Magnet. The people were super (laughs) cool and I enjoyed the show. And then like the second one, I don't know. I saw it at UCB later um, as like everybody did. Um, But yeah, when I was 17 years old, I was like, oh, I think I'll check the Magnet out. This Mm. seems really cool. And also um, when at the uh, club that we were the little uh, improv club on campus, we were learning the Armando.
2: Okay.
1: Like that was a huge deal when we went to the Magnet was um, being- Oh, Armando
0: he's Steve. there. Yeah. <laughs> so Baby Shoes, after that, uh, what comes first? You start te- like, after Baby Shoes is done and over because Baby Shoes, from what I see, like only last about like two years or so. Mm-hmm. Like, are there other house teams at Magnet or like the teaching? Like what comes first for you? Like what's your next step?
1: Uh, solo performance actually okay when we were on baby shoes we started doing some festivals and I really loved that I loved the travel I loved meeting people and I loved putting work up in front of different audiences um, I think I still think that's extraordinarily important um when I was younger the only venues that I really was performing at were the magnet or bars or mm. underground theaters that all had the same audiences yeah. um, so a lot of it felt like, I can't tell if what I'm doing is actually funny or not, or if it's because my friends are in the audience or like my community is in the audience and they, they know my voice. So they'll laugh even if the structure is not completely there. Right. It's yeah. A little weaker or I'm doing a lot of the same stuff. You know, it was it was hard to get a, a better gauge of my work that way. Um, when Baby Shoes ended, I even while Baby Shoes was still going on, I was really excited about the uh, prospect of travel, um, but it was hard to coordinate uh, 10 yes. people schedules. Yes. And it will always be, will always, that'll always be something that is uh, a hard thing to do. Uh, scheduling is the hardest thing. <laughs> I,
0: I I have said that numerous times that the biggest thing about a, a sketch team getting together is having a compatible schedule. Like, oh, 100%. <laughs> And, and like, people think that's so cynical. It's like, trust me, no, it's not. It's and also, not. Like, that's
1: really positive also. <laughs> like, it's in a way really quite wonderful because it's like, no, but like, I trust everyone's voices. Everyone's got a wonderful, like, as, like aesthetic to themselves. Like, I'm not worried about the writing too much. I'm not worried about the performance. But yeah, like, when can we meet? Right. <laughs> I'm directing two teams right now and our scheduling both teams has been so hard. It... It's been so hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, and the idea of, like, I want to travel. I want to do more festivals and stuff like that. It's just easy for me to have a, a you know, a thing of costumes in my own bag and yep. just go by myself.
2: There you go. Yeah.
0: Like, uh, there's a, I, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm, am sure you've crossed paths with home. Like in maybe even in Philly, um, AJ Schrader down in North Carolina, in Greensboro, he, uh, he has multiple sketch groups, but he generally performs as either the sing as a single, as, as thunder, understood or as the okay. duo, uh, Unstoppable failure just because it's easier yeah than his quartet. Like he's got a like a, a four-person group, trouble with shapes.
1: It's not a great but
0: because it's <laughs> because it's easier to name. go by himself. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
1: it's hard. Also at the time, a character became something new at the at our theater. Um, this became like a new thing to to do. We had like a character show go up and also a lot of people on our team, um, myself included wanted to showcase ourselves so a lot of mm. us started bringing in solo pieces to an ensemble group as well yeah it was also like we wanted to do this for ourselves but there wasn't like a, a uh, like an actual like arena yet for it so it's like oh like if if this is solo sketch and i'm part of a sketch group let me bring this to my sketch group to help with honing it because like where else am i going to go and this was, was just uh it was very new for um the magnet and like the scene i was a part of um, so all of us were also like developing solo pieces as well um so it was just kind of like oh we just started learning we just started traveling a lot we're all now also kind of developing solo pieces for ourselves oh what people can't go up to Montreal anymore with me all right I guess I'm gonna go by myself
0: because yeah. <laughs> I can yeah and I, so as your solo thing like and I didn't see the full show back in 16 or 17 But I I first know who you are in your name as Peggy Lululu, like,
2: or, (laughs) um,
0: but still that's, that's how I first encountered you like, and walking into the room with, and I, I, I have to say that I have to think that I walked in from whatever volunteer duty I was doing, like mid sketch and having no context for whatever was happening on stage and finding it weird, like
1: <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and like, I'm sure it was fantastic. Like,
1: oh, it was. But but because <laughs> but because I walked
0: in mid midstream, I had no clue what was happening. So
1: I'm trying to remember what it was. Was this apt fit or was this? At- I I
0: don't. It it was either at Ruba Club or or that playground space. I don't remember.
2: Okay, I don't but.
0: Remember i just remember peggy Lou. but my my impression from that year of what i saw peggy lululu was weird (laughs) and i mean that like and i mean that as warmly as i can because i i I do enjoy weird oh
1: good but i i
0: I, but i saw the middle of weird instead of like full context weird where i'm you know welcomed into the weird but anyway (laughs) so yeah so (laughs) uh so traveling solo is easier so how do you start getting into directing? Because, I mean, you said you're directing two teams now, which it like yeah. just seems like a lot.
1: It is a <laughs> lot.
0: Um,
1: but I absolutely love it. I love it so much. Um, I started directing. Um, uh, so um, there's a program at The Magnet that I produce called Moxie. Um, it's a sketch lab for women trans and or non-binary comedians. It's free um, or pay what you can um it's a two-month crash course into sketch comedy um so it's like what is sketch comedy how do you write sketch comedy how do you perform sketch comedy so i started directing through this um so i would i'd produce it um beth newell actually a reductress started it um she ran it for uh two years i think um and then i took over and it also is a wonderful opportunity for sketch writers and performers who want to direct it's a really wonderful opportunity for them to get the foot in the door Mm. as well um so i started directing through moxie um and i should know i if you know me you know something i'm terrible about uh terrible if you know me, <laughs> you know that I am terrible at remembering dates and remembering timelines. I believe we had our 12 year anniversary. It's been going on for a while. Oh,
0: wow. Um,
1: we didn't do last year. Um, our city had opened and reclosed again over multiple COVID. times. Yeah. And we actually did do Moxie. Um, Moxie shut down. We were in the middle of going, we we're about to go into tech when the city closed down for COVID. And we did do a virtual Moxie the following year. Um, It was a lot of work, but it was great. Um, and it was honestly fabulous because we had so many people who were not in New York who participated. Um, and that's going, I know I'm going off on a tangent.
0: No, but no, because I was gonna ask about Moxie. Like, so you had mentioned like you were like almost at the finish line of a of a show at Mox you know, in 2020. Yeah. So so moxie is uh, an eight week program that you do like once or twice a year like
1: so moxie happens once a year okay there's, one, there's another once. there's another lab called remix um and it's for um anybody who is not a uh, white <laughs> heterosexual cis male comedian um fine yes <laughs> sorry <laughs> so sorry i'll um, go to
0: all the other opportunities for me
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> um that usually happens in the fall Um, and then moxie happens in the new year okay Uh, like january you could sign up and then by end of january you probably already have a sketch under your belt um written (laughs) very (laughs) Um, cool we shut down going into tech um moxie is huge every year uh at the time i believe there was 120 people who were participating in the moxie when the shutdown happened wow and then when uh, our first year where we did it virtually, the only year we did it virtually, I believe we had six teams of 20 people all over the US. And I think we had some people who were international, um, but we had like a lot of people in Ohio, California, wow. um, Texas, Montana. Uh, participating, which was truly amazing, but it was a ton of work because um, usually we just teach writing and performance, um, and this was also writing, performance, shooting. How do you green screen? How do you edit? Yeah. Do you, uh, key out things. Finding your background. Getting how did
0: you the- find the entering the world of virtual comedy versus? I, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I, hated it. I
1: applaud every single person who did it. I truly do, and I mean that from like the absolute bottom of my heart. It was an unknown frontier there's still a lot of kinks that we're working out um but i know people who did it weekly um and are still doing it and are killing it and that's fantastic um i think i did two virtual shows and both i hated i hated it i hated it so much i didn't want to get better at it <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nope, this is not for me. I am team sitting on my butt and waiting for the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I can't help. <laughs> Unless you want, like, the meanest, grumpiest person to participate.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, like, the the idea of, like, and I understand it was t- it's entirely, like, out of necessity and everything. But I am so done with sketches about Zoom. Yeah. Sketches over Zoom. Like it's. I,
1: I just had a meeting with a bunch of directors over this exact topic about Zoom sketches, or also sketches that are still that are talking about COVID, and like my heart goes out because like we're still in it. It's absolutely something that uh, we're adapting still to. We have to ex- be extraordinarily safe around, we have to be cautious about. But there's no new take on COVID, <laughs> uh, or like, I'm not finding any new take in writing. Um, and when people are bringing me in sketches or work. Um, it it breaks my heart because I'm like, oh, we're not putting this up because it's been done to death.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's that same thing of like, Trump jokes aren't funny anymore because you're not saying anything that hasn't been like,
1: now yeah, what's the new take on it? You know, how are we
0: punching this? You know? I I'll always tell people if you're if you're submitting to a festival if you're submitting the thing, do not do to- topical political humor. Like, I don't care because if you're sending me a video from like three months ago it's already old dated it's ugh.
1: yeah it's hard it's so hard and that's unfortunate because like I, I I get it I completely get it but we also need to have that skill so it's also like that balance of can you turn something out and produce it so quick that yeah. it's still timely
0: yeah just just don't submit to this festival that's, that's what true. I'm saying I'll go see your show I see
1: I see I, see. I, I just
0: don't want to submit to the festival because <laughs> it's not going to be helpful
1: sure sure yes yes
0: don't and also don't submit your Zoom sketches either. <laughs> yes, please. Th- those are pretty close to on magnos. <laughs> like if I'm being mean. Um, okay. So all right, what is oh, and I hope I'm saying this correctly. What is Boogie Manja? Boogie Manja? Yeah,
1: Boogie Manja. <laughs> Oh, I feel like I'm not the right person to ask this question. Only because I feel like I'm the newest person to part of the program. Okay. Um. Yes. Um. So Boogie Manja is an independent sketch uh, organization. Um. That uh. It's uh. They have digital teams. I believe there's four digital teams, and they put out work on Twitch uh, every Wednesday. You will not see me being a part of that because I can't do digital. <laughs> 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 but they do really wonderful work and do absolutely check out the virtual teams uh, there's also four live teams um that put up a sketch show roughly every five to six weeks okay and I'm directing one of the new live uh teams our team is Pointless Appliance they are wonderful so wonderful I have nothing but fantastic things to say about all of them they are some of the most um um uh what's the word for like uh like big aspirations (laughs) or like big goals or like i want to do this but i don't know how to make it happen i'm like we're gonna go ambitious like ambitious they're the most ambitious (laughs) group of comedians i have worked with and they make my heart so happy and they're so funny um but boogie also um celebrates uh big diverse casts um if you look at the rosters for all the teams like everyone is very different everyone comes from a very different place everyone's got a very different uh, comedic style and comedic voice but I do think probably the through lines everybody uh loves uh, I think you should leave but I think that's also just <laughs> the, who doesn't love I think you should uh,
0: so, and where is this performed like where what's like the home base or yeah, is there a cool. home base or is it just wherever
1: Uh, there is a home base so the home base is their twitch channel for the digital teams Mm. and they have been performing at the pit since i believe they're in i know they were performing at the pit before the lockdown as well um but yeah they were still at the pit pit closed down their underground and striker um so we're at the loft which i'm probably the only person in new york whose favorite pit venue was the loft (laughs) so i'm very happy
0: i think seeing a show i like I, I like the loft. I like Striker. Yeah,
1: although like Striker
0: that. was a bit too too high, like you know the high ceilings and stuff. Yeah. But I I think the atmosphere of actually being at that old bu- that other building that had the you know the bigger lobby. Yes, yes. But, but yeah, seeing a show the loft better. Yes. So, what's your other team that you're directing now?
1: So the other team that I'm directing is Rococo. It's a house team at the Magnet. It's funny. I actually left this team because I had too much on my plate, and I <laughs> didn't think that I could write or and um, perform and. Do so much. how do
0: you get how do you get roped back into directing it?
1: Um, I the second I left, I got approached by the uh, sketch director asking for me to direct the team, and it was a uh, big. Uh, point of debate for me. And it took me, I think, close to ten days wow. <laughs> to give an answer. Um, for me, directing directing is still a ton of work. But the amount of work that one has to put aside to memorize lines, gather yeah. uh, gather uh, costumes, and then also to like hone writing, uh, come up with uh, pitches, rewrite, rewrite. Um, to me that takes up much more time than directing yeah. does even though directing is still an absolute ton of, of
0: so profit. okay so with rococo like are you they I'm, I'm assuming there's a writer's room that they're you know they're working mm-hmm. at what point in the process like if they have a show you know the us sort throw of number out there like november 1st when do you step into the process to get ready for that show
1: so boogie and rococo are on different schedules uh rococo i'm actually we'll do a good job um the way that um i have to rewind. uh so this is new the magnet just relaunched house teams for Mm. sketch and it's in my opinion it's, it's 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 fantastic i love that this opportunity is back but it's also a little unfortunate because we're relaunching and going into the holiday season so for our first show, we have five weeks to prepare, and then for the next shows after that, we we'll, it's a short season. It's only three shows, but for show two and show three, we have about three and a half to four weeks to prepare. Okay, and that's also like including like a holiday. So I've actually requested for the Rococo team we have four writers meetings, um, and I am asking everybody to bring in a ton of writing because I I'm also very aware of burnout.
0: Plan it all
1: and i want to make sure everyone has a couple every
0: everything ready yeah yeah
1: Yeah. um but yeah that that makes
0: makes perfect sense to me
1: yes uh but for rococo for this first show four writers meetings three rehearsals but then every there are two shows after that it's not that much it's it's far less and then for boogie boogie's always structured the same way um pitch meeting no one brings in any writing it's just here's pitches at least three pitches so,
0: so you are in the room the entire time of yes. from pitch to okay
1: yes um boogie is pitch uh three writers meetings uh, i picked the show uh, and then three rehearsals and then a tech rehearsal as well
0: yeah okay okay so you're not like walking in after like hey we want to do this stuff and then you're just staging like you're an active part the entire way through okay yes very cool
1: and it's um, important for me to also like I I don't know I've worked with some directors who really imposed their voices on a people or like really pushed it into a direction where the writer is not trying to go or like something that's not supportive yeah. like the actor's performance I'm trying I try very hard to always put what the writer wants to do first, um and I want to always showcase that. Um, and I always try to have my role be how can I help support this voice and make this voice shine like what are my pitches so their ideas is- right
0: how, <laughs> how can I finesse instead of force my vision into there yeah. yeah I I have seen that both ways for sure yep, you Uh me too. <laughs> too all right so let's talk about current solo stuff uh what what would be your pitch for what you're gonna do do with us at philly sketch fest this year
1: yes um i'm gonna be doing four pieces i believe for you all um they are some of them currently they're my current works um they're my like favorite things to perform right now um are gonna meet a big asshole. <laughs> <laughs> i told you i love playing monsters there's this monstrous woman who i absolutely love she's like my favorite favorite person to play right now
0: so World with with a character person. like that is that based on someone that you like that you've no. encountered or no. okay
1: um I have a piece that is inspired Actually, I don't know if I'm doing it no I do have pieces that are inspired from by people I know this person is actually inspired by a piece of physicality from Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire <laughs> And you'll see it and you'll be like this has nothing to do with jerry mcguire <laughs> like, i know but that's the what the inspiration was <laughs> um she's massively physical um a lot of fun surprises um i love to use my face a lot and i love connecting with the audience um i tap into clown tremendously for uh three out of the four pieces that i'm going to be performing for you all
0: have you um, had any like clown training like a little bit. okay
1: a little bit um but even um before i even took clown classes or studied clown that's just naturally how i would play where i was always more interested in my relationship with the audience and the people who liked my play mm. and my scene partner. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what a jerk amanda is <laughs> right <laughs> i mean
0: it must be weird to like I guess I never thought about like in that term of like having that fourth wall and necessarily like bringing it down, like
1: Mm -hmm. oh, it's the best part versus
0: like oh, hey, we're playing husband and wife here, like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: hey, what are you guys? I see you guys over there. I'm not supposed to see you guys, but I see you. Like,
1: well, it's also like what the piece calls for. Like a lot of what I write calls for. Need to break the fourth wall, okay. but I still I still write a lot of stuff and like if I'm in sketch with an ensemble, like I'm very aware of like well what is the tone of this like what is the genre of this how is this written oh this feels like a this is a grounded piece where it's like husband and wife at home like and they're doing laundry together and there is no audience mm. so you should be responding to it. It's purely like locked them with each other it's knowing that too um but yeah three of the pieces i write are very that i'm bringing are very much like i'm playing with the audience there's no audience participation but like if you're laughing i'm going to come over to you and say hello
0: probably <laughs> <laughs> so i saw this thing and i kind of find any other like background on it um you you got a lifetime achievement award at yeah. montreal yeah like, i couldn't find if, if this is like something that that they've been doing or
1: where's my award let me go get
0: it you actually have like they actually yeah actually is a thing oh that's fantastic uh
1: i just realized this is being recorded but (laughs) i still want to see it though
0: yeah Yeah. oh that is so fun
1: yes i believe this is um if my memory serves me correctly and deirdre and ellen will yell at me probably if i get it wrong um but i believe this used to be the grinders award um and i believe this is the first time it's being called the lifetime achievement okay award. unless yes i forget um <laughs> it's, it's just, fine it's an award that's given to somebody who consistently does like really wonderful good passionate work at the festival and oh, nice. who keeps coming back year after year um i forget how many times i've gone up to montreal at least five times six times or so i've done their festival um and it was um this was so lovely and so touchy
0: <laughs> so you didn't um, know like like they sprung that on you or is that like
1: they sprung it on me um i it's an award that does get given out but i i never but you
0: didn't know. okay yeah, yeah. right
1: yeah. I will say I was, I had such a, it was because of COVID and it was like my first time performing again for like a live audience. But I had such a, a great set. Like I was having so much fun. Mm. Um, I left the stage being like, yes, like that was wonderful. I want to keep performing. <laughs> like I had so, so much fun uh, that this was uh, a really touching uh, award to get, especially right off on the heels of, oh, I did good work. I feel good about my, myself and my direction
0: (laughs) and it's so cool that it's like like a conch shell like that's such a like a cool like tactile thing
1: yeah they open their i've I've actually have never been to their sketch fest on opening night but on opening night they have a conch shell horn and like that's the tradition that they do okay the horn uh to open the festival so i got my own (laughs) there's not a horn (laughs)
0: that's pretty cool um all right there's a couple questions i ask everybody and i probably should have asked this one earlier when we were talking about some of the comedians that you were into growing up um because you had mentioned like gilda and like adam sandler uh who's your favorite snl cast member all time
1: molly shannon probably
0: another big physical
1: yeah
0: over like
1: (laughs) yeah i love molly Lamali a lot, um, and I, yeah, Gilda also. I know like first season SNL stuff. Like, I, I absolutely love Gilda so very much. Um, current season, I actually am bad. I haven't seen the the premiere yet. Um, from Saturday,
0: it's weird. I'm seeing all these like articles about how bad it was and like how they missed the mark. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it was a perfectly decent show. Like
1: these critics.
0: What What do you want? (laughs) Like. And they're like, it's all, it all feels so new. I was like, there were two digital pieces, like it felt exactly the same, just without Kate, a like new cast. It happens every year. Calm down, guys. Like, yeah, it's it, it's 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 fine. It's a decent show. Like, it's not blow the doors off, but
2: yeah, and it's,
0: it's SNL. What do you yeah. want from SNL? Like, you're you're gonna get some good topic. Like, it, it's fine.
1: <laughs> yes oh i will say current cast though i, I love heidi gardner uh absolute shit ton I think she's
0: so. definitely grown on me like um yeah some of the things that she does is, is really fantastic and i fully expect her to like her and Ego want to take the lead of like the of like the two like i don't want to say top females that feels weird like oh but, but, like, like the they're they're gonna take sure. they're gonna be the like, the ones that fill the void i feel
2: yeah yeah
0: for sure. Um, okay, so uh, we talked about you know from you know starting improv in college, baby shoes, learning solo work, becoming a director, teaching moxie and all that other stuff. Uh, so, what's something that you've learned through comedy that you'd pass on to a new writer?
1: Oh wow, what a deep question.
0: Uh... <laughs> we're we're coming to the end. It it, it just yeah. gets deeper.
1: Um... Make sure, uh, um, I guess there's two things. One of them is super basic and I know everyone will roll their eyes at me, but uh, a lot of writers I know wanna do a lot of um, weird stuff, which I'm all for, go for it. Um, but I would always cautious caution them to always make sure their basics are, are still there. Um, Cause I find that if you take that time to just put the, the basics of like the who, what, where, and like what's at stake up immediately, you then yeah. have four pages of freedom to get as weird and wild as you possibly want or can. And then you could abandon that also because the audience doesn't have question marks at, up until that point of like what's going on and they'll be on board with you for any weird wild turn that you wanna throw in there like or going absurd
2: yeah Um,
1: always make sure that you have that and then the other thing is don't I always like to have fun with point of view a lot in character I mean obviously like I'm a character performer um but I find that a lot of writers sometimes are uh will sit in um which character is like is owning the game or like possessing the game and then who's the voice of reason in this gadget I always find, like, if you're writing a voice of reason, like, you could still give that person a personality. You could give them an emotional core. Oftentimes, I, I do still see a lot of sketches where the voice of reason, they are just um, vanilla.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, they're just cool. there to bounce. Like They're
1: just there to bounce and to call things out. And, I mean, that's fine. Not there to, like, knock it. But you could have you could have so much more color and fun. You can yeah. find so many more jokes by giving this person also something uh like an emotional core or something that's at stake for them within this to be able to play with
0: yeah whenever i like i talk to new writers because we do like um this like sketch of am like on zoom and and live in person now here in philly that i've I've been trying to curate it was like uh it's
1: that's amazing congrats
0: (laughs) well we're trying um it's not
1: you gotta try you gotta do it don't knock
0: it (laughs) well we've been we've been doing it on zoom for a couple years now and we we've started doing live ones i just have to figure out the date for the next one but uh it's very much and and i learned this the hard way as a writer myself like your sketch shouldn't start at this page and a half like there shouldn't be a page and a half of just gobbledygook before you get into the story of the of the scene like like i had a director on a show that i did seven years ago he's like you don't need any of this and he just start ripping pages i was like it's funny like
1: (laughs) yeah all my other jokes
0: but he's like yeah but the story starts here so you start here and then with the pandemic like i took a you know a zoom class with uh the groundlings and the instructor tom blank who i don't i don't know what he's done if he's done anything outside the groundlings but he was like right as if you're on a radio show and you need to tell people immediately who you are, where you are, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's like, it doesn't matter if it's clunky. Yeah, your audience needs to know what where they are, what they're doing, and like, they'll
1: forgive two sentences of of that exposition, like they absolutely will.
0: Where like I wrote a thing about a record store, and I thought I made it clear that I was in a record store. He's like, no, 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 say it right away. Like, hey, thank you, record store, dude. Like, yeah, he's like, it doesn't matter, that it's clunky. Like, you, they should know that you're at the counter of the record store. And I was yeah. like, okay, like, and I get it it makes perfect sense like we're not at snl where there's the establishing shot of the office building and the set that they built
2: yeah we We are
0: in a black box theater maybe maybe with a projector screen maybe (laughs) yeah of you know the office building or the background that we want but you still need to let the people know where they are like so yeah absolutely i totally agree with those pieces for sure get the (laughs) basics in
1: we're in a black box theater. We're all, wearing <laughs> blacks. all of our props are terrible. We crafted them all together. Our mayor is wearing a toilet paper sash and I sharpened the <laughs> across it. We don't there's have a, the FNL. Budget. There's a lot of
0: duct tape. There's,
1: oh, there's duct tape everywhere. <laughs> and then
0: we ran out of duct tape. So there's only masking tape. And that's not as good.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: and, and finally, as we completely wrap up to go as deep as we get, um, you mentioned even being a class clown in school. So why comedy? Why not? I mean, I... I, <laughs> well, I, um,
1: I, I would just want people to smile. That's always been what I've wanted to do in my life. I just want people to smile and laugh um, and be happy. That's it. That really is it. Um, also, I always found um, that like a really great class clown is very smart as well. Like, it's not just, like, being a fool and being, like, uh, wacky, um, yeah. but, like, being able to, um, like, read uh, situations or, like, look at different things in history like, make fun of it. I think it's just so brilliant. And so, uh, like, who doesn't want to possess that? Um, and, oh, I also, how could I forget? Um, another person who I love so much is Robin, Robin Williams. Like, who doesn't love Robin? And Robin had such a wonderful way of um ex- extraordinarily like a, one of the most extraordinary performers, period. Um being able to like reach and connect with people, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Comedy, like that's all that it is. It's connecting, it's connecting with people, it's sharing stories. Um, it's looking at our problems, both like personal and global, or like small scale problems, like I'm out of coffee. So, oh my gosh, like we're in a pandemic and making light of that and sharing ideas through it I don't know there's like a a intellectual aspect of it and then also like laughing at ourselves that's just humanizing um that I think is uh very attractive and I'm very much drawn to that and it's one of like the few things that I think I'm really good at
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I like I don't understand I'll never understand why like the crime shows are like the top ranked shows on TV and not comedy. like oh. how why don't you want to go home and like something that makes you smile? Yeah. Instead of watching some murderer get like arrested. Like how is that
1: that's so interesting? I don't what
0: understand is- it. Like
1: it's because it's a thriller and our <sighs> office jobs aren't thrilling, it- Josh.
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's such and a and barn I'm angry like,
1: and I want to express my rage with the cops and the killer.
0: <laughs> like, ugh like we've had law and order for like 25 years like 30 years now like we can
2: <laughs>
0: like even if the big bang theory was mm, like i'm happy that it was like number two in the ratings that people actually did like to laugh yeah even if their jokes were mm. <sighs> all right i think all that's right. everything thanks amanda
1: fabulous thank you so much for having me on josh yeah
0: Amanda will be performing at Philly Sketch Fest on Friday, October 21st in the 7 p.m. block along with Crying Alone in the Shower. For tickets, head to phillysketchfest.com. You can follow her on Instagram at wildladypegpegpeg, on Twitter at Amanda Zeller, that's with an X, and in addition to her appearing at Sketch Fest, she'll be back in New York where she'll be directing Rococo at The Magnet on Thursday, October 20th at 9 p.m., Directing Boogie Manja's Pointless Appliance at the Pit Loft on Saturday, October 22nd at 7pm. And performing on Character Night at The Magnet on Sunday, October 23rd at 7.30pm. My first sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketchfest on Instagram at phillysketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at Nono band dot bandcamp.com like my first sketch on facebook follow the show on twitter rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts this is josh Hyam. thanks for listening go see some comedy